Wow, didn't they lead us well this morning in worship? Thank, thank them. Why don't you take Thank you, guys. You've led us well through the season. It's hard to believe that we have just one more chapel next week in our regular season. Well, I think that you are all in for a treat, and probably me too, because I know <laughs> one expectations of the... Yes, I, I know one of this duo better than I know the other. But that we will talk about today. But Josh and Jill came to us last fall. Josh began his studies in New Brunswick uh, and came to us, and uh, he's in the MA program. So I sent them a few questions. I said we might get off on another tangent. But take a few moments and give us a little understanding of your personal background in terms of where you grew up and just a little bit about your families. So who wants to start that? Sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, sure, I uh, am a Newfoundlander. I was born in Newfoundland, but two American parents. So I'm actually the only natural-born Canadian in my family. So all my siblings are from the U.S. and Australia. My parents are kind of weirdos and travel all over the place. So that, so kind of, I never grew up with home as a physical place. It was kind of always, um, there's never a sense of that because I never grew up with immediate family around other than my, my siblings and my parents. So uh, we grew up in uh, Brethren Church, but then in the evenings on Sunday, we'd go to a Pentecostal church. So pretty much the wow. extremes of, <laughs> of things, which is also very symptomatic of kind of how I grew up kind of in churches. Like I've been very comfortable in lots of different denominations and kind of have felt um, like I've been nurtured at very at very kind of different uh, different places. So, um, but then we moved to Nova Scotia in Ganesh, and then I actually went to Sackville High School. Uh, so I kind of really grew up my teen years in in Sackville or Sackville, and then went off to university in Montreal and went to McGill there, and then. Uh, what did that, you study? Uh, I studied, so I started in computer science and mathematics, uh, and then I switched to, uh, yeah. uh, and then I ended up graduating with, after six years, uh, and lots of people go to the university for six years, yeah, they're called doctors, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I ended up graduating with a BA in history and Hispanic studies, so uh, a bit, bit of a departure. <laughs> yes. A little bit of a departure from mathematics. And, um, yes, but I, but bizarrely, I work in IT and, and kind of yeah. the corporate world. So uh, it didn't hurt my chances of kind of working in IT, apparently. So well, let's come to the IT in just a moment. Jill, tell us a little bit about your early start. Sure. Um, so Jill Kelleher, uh, maiden name is Jill Rogers, and actually we were a week into our marriage before I was informed that. We pronounce our last name Kelleher. So Kelleher. It's a weekend. He's like, we gotta just sort this out. So my story is pretty different um, from Josh's. Uh, I grew up in Grand Bay Westfield in New Brunswick and uh, spent my whole childhood and youth there. Um, my parents still live there. And I was raised in a Baptist church, Grand Bay Baptist Church, and uh, my family still has deep roots in uh, that community. Uh, went to university at Mount Allison University uh, in Sackville, New Brunswick, and studied, uh, I did five years, not six, but um, political science and history, and then a little tangent of um, Chinese language and culture. Oh. So, who would you say 
Who were two of the most influential people in the development of your faith as you were growing up? Uh, it's it's hard to choose, kind of you know, two. Obviously, I think a lot of us have that kind of challenge. Um, uh, certainly, uh, early on, kind of my mother, she who kind of led me to faith, kind of when I was five, um, and then uh, has probably been uh, kind of the most uh, uh, provide kind of the the emotional component of faith. I think in many ways, she's she's very, I would say, expressive in her. Worship and she, so that kind of um, kind of puts a marker in your in your heart in a way that you kind of uh, I don't know you kind of you kind of think about it, I suppose um, and then as well I, it was hard to kind of choose between uh, uh, others um, when I was living in the UK I was exposed to some really amazing people and there's a guy there who was the vicar of he was actually the canon at the Church I went to wasn't kind of the vicar. Um, really amazing guy who um, has crazy history. Like found Jesus like as a hippie in California. He's British and like loves music and culture and art and all these things. And then just had this profound experience of God and and just this amazing ministry to uh, the people around him. This beautiful way of integrating his faith with everyone around him. So he runs the church at Glastonbury Festival. He's the head vicar at the church at Glastonbury Festival, and that's very much who he is, is how can you minister to people who are high? Well, you give them water and a place to kind of come down off their high. And So the way that he was able to integrate his profound faith with um, people, and just all people, was has been very kind of impacted me very profoundly, but as well maintain he's very, for all his hippiness, deeply intellectual as well. So he sees, as a, as a very British thing to hold things kind of in tension, like that they're okay with these, all, both of these things are important, that's okay. So maybe that's, so that's not too much of a caricature to British folks. We'll check in later on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's helpful, very helpful. And we'll come back to your life in the UK in a minute, but uh, Jill, tell us about yourself. Who would you say are two who were most influential in your faith development? Yeah, I mean, that was a really hard question. I, I feel like I've got to give a shout out to my parents. Absolutely. Um, definitely, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just two wonderful people who um, happen to be Christians, and I feel very fortunate to have been raised in that household. So they very much shaped my worldview, and our household was infused with faith, so in my my early years, I credit a lot of that to my parents and to my grandparents on my mother's side who are still living. Um, but as I got a little bit older, I, I think about um, a lady named Rhonda Peterson, and I, I still to this day consider her a spiritual mother to me. She and her husband uh, worked for years as the youth with a mission leaders in the north of Canada. And it's through YWAM, actually, where Josh and I met. Um, but she, uh, through um, attending summer programs with something called King's Kids, it's a, a YWAM ministry. And uh, from the time I was 12, I met her when I was 12 through to the age of 18, uh, every summer I would participate in King's Kids, Josh and I both, actually. And, uh, yeah, I just received some really rich uh, teaching about uh, who God is and um, and the kingdom of God. And I think it was during those years that my understanding of the kingdom 
and Christ is king and how the king rules. Uh, I was, uh, that kind of teaching was instilled within me. And then I would say in my, my uh, 20s, probably a spiritual sister who uh, really wrestled with me. I went through a, a season of uh, not a uh, crisis of faith per se, but just feeling quite distant from God and being up in the church. Um, I, I had many assumptions and then went to a, a secular university and all kinds of new ideas and realities were thrown at me and, and she wrestled with me for, uh, for that season of my life and uh, she kind of got into the trenches with me and uh, prayed with me. Uh, and I, I, I think she's very much um, responsible for me getting through that season and, and uh, rediscovering my identity in Christ, and her name is uh, Rebecca Davis. Ooh, I think I know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Harry knows Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about your life in terms of, you mentioned the UK. You've had some really interesting travel experiences. Tell us about that. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up with parents who kind of moved around. My parents, before they moved to Newfoundland, came from Australia. So they moved literally to the kind of the other side of the world, climate-wise, more than anything. Else. <laughs> um, so we grew up with kind of this idea of just, we're just interested, like just other places are interesting. And, I, and it's actually something that I have to kind of be careful of too, because you can think the grass is always greener over there. Kind of, mm -hmm. I'm bored here, I want to go over there. There's, that's always something both of us kind of <laughs> struggle with in a way. Um, but so I've always been interested. I always wanted to kind of travel to Europe and kind of visit various places. Um, so after I graduated university, I went to the U.S. and I started working for a company there. Uh, it was um, the company that I still work for. It was 14 years ago, so they've not gotten rid of me yet. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then about nine months after I started working for them, they sent me to the U.K. on a two-and-a-half-week business trip, and that turned to six weeks, and I was there nine years. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I became a citizen and kind of loved the UK, loved Europe, traveled all over Europe, kind of just puttering around. It's, it's just so easy to kind of visit places. So I just love kind of traveling to kind of different kind of places. Even made it to kind of China, uh, made it to you know, Japan, all kinds of various wow. places. But um, yeah, so no, kind of really kind of fun to Beautiful. explore the world and just be challenged. I love the feeling of being challenged by a different perspective, like mm -hmm. that None of my assumptions apply. It's really interesting, and so it's interesting when you encounter like a theologian or a biblical perspective. It's the same thing. It's just great to kind of have that. Be like, oh wait, no, I guess that thing I thought was this. It could also be this. So yeah, that's neat. Jill, you've done a little bit of traveling too, and your passion coming through. Tell us a little bit about that and how that connected in travel. Yeah. And work. So I think I need to preface it by saying I've never had any game plan of how to approach life at all. And I'm not one of those people. And I actually, for a long time, envied those kind of people who said, you know, I've got a five-year plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, you know, they actually accomplish it. And I was never, and haven't been, you know, even today, not one of those people. Um, but I think 
because of that early exposure to Youth with a Mission, uh, one of the big focuses is the nations and um, the you know curiosity about culture and the place of culture uh, within God's kingdom. So I uh, always had a curiosity. So um, when I was doing my undergrad, I uh, decided to do a one-year exchange trip. And it wasn't necessarily something that I felt God prompted me to do. In fact, to be quite honest, it was because I was in Sackville, New Brunswick, and I, I kind of needed a break. <laughs> so I looked at the list of exchange trips. I was like, which place is furthest from Sackville, New Brunswick? And it was, it was Hangzhou. China. And I was like, that is where I'm going. I'd like to spiritualize it, but it really wasn't about that. This is on the other side of the I'm going there. But God uses these things. Like, he used that. And, and that has shaped sort of my path um, going forward from there. So spent one year in Hangzhou in China and absolutely fell in love with it. I, I enjoyed that time so much and uh, from that point on my goal became I don't know how it's going to happen I don't know how God will work this but I, I really want to get back to Asia so I graduated from university spent a year make a long story short spent a year in Halifax working at St. Mary's University with their teaching English as a second language center again I'm thinking I'd really like to get back to Asia and uh, from there a job opened up at the University of New Brunswick and it, uh, they were looking for someone to basically shut down an operation in Beijing. And, you know, I was in my early 20s. I had no experience with really anything. But I was fired to do this closure. Not start it up, but shut it down. So you can imagine um, how well I was received in that. <laughs> Everybody's three times my age. Like, we're shutting this down. Um, so that was a learning experience. And I learned, most of my learning has been on, you know, what not to do. And um, you know, getting momentum from there, but that that job opened up doors in in China. So I there was a six year season where I uh, moved from um, closing projects to recruiting international students, mm -hmm. and uh, such, it was a really rich time of, of my my life where I um, had a place an apartment in Shanghai and lived there for for three months at a time, then would come back to to New Brunswick home base, and I worked for both campuses, Fredericton and St. John's. So I'd be in, in New Brunswick for three months, then back over there for three months, then back home for three months, and would, would do the recruiting and um, like faculty exchanges and helping to facilitate relationships between universities um, in Southeast Asia and then in, in the Asia Pacific area. Um, and, and that was wonderful. It was very formational. Uh, learned a lot about myself uh, in working in other cultures. Um, but there was uh, a time that came where I, like I was working with really, uh, with students who came from very affluent families for the most part, who were able to, to study abroad. And uh, while doing that, working with the affluent families, was able to go to communities across Asia where um, you know, the majority of people in the community were not affluent through those visits was exposed to some pretty dire situations of poverty. And uh, yeah, God was doing, so I didn't really know it at the time, but God was doing something in my heart and um, I started to ask questions about poverty and um, development and 
you know, big, big, big weighty questions as a 20-something as a person, you know. Um, in my, my experience in the church and even in, in YWAM, I, I didn't have answers. I was not equipped to process what I was seeing as it relates to poverty and injustice. And, um, yeah, just the hunger started to grow in me um, to, to dig in and, and find out what God's perspective is on, on what I was seeing. Uh, so at that point, uh, I decided to leave uh, Asia, and I, I quit my job. I was 27, and I just was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, so I quit, and I applied to go back to school, and uh, ended up in an MA program in International Development Studies at Eastern University. So that took me from Asia slash New Brunswick to Philadelphia, and uh, there I studied for, um, it was a couple years in total, and just dug into, to you know, uh, yeah, God's God's perspective on on things like poverty and um, uh, immigration and and yeah, questions that I, I had had for a very long time. So from there, um, I had to do a, a work placement somewhere internationally as part of this program. So I, I went to Cambodia and thought, okay, I'm, I'm back in Asia, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I basically made arrangements before I left uh, with family and friends, kind of prepping them, you know, I'm not going to come home. <laughs> I can't say that for sure, but, you know, you know, we had our farewell dinners and all of that. Uh, and about halfway through my time there, I was there for four months, but halfway through... I remember sitting in a, in a cafe and I was journaling about what I was seeing and engaging there and it was, I, I remember it, you know, God has not um, spoken audibly to me many times in my life uh, and I envy people who have that kind of communication with the Lord but it hasn't been part of my story. But I remember sitting there and, and God inviting me to go back to St. John in New Brunswick and to invest my, my time and skills into what he wanted to do in St. John, and what he was doing in St. John. So I, uh, yeah, it was kind of bittersweet. Like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere but St. John. <laughs> Go to Sussex. <laughs> That's where I've been, or was living for um, six years until we came to Wolf Hall. Okay. Oh, we got out. In your, in your sense of uh, working that through, and we want to come to St. John because there's some very significant things that happened there too. I want everybody to hear that. But I want to know a little bit about how the two of you were led together in terms of your sense of calling before the Lord, but also to each other. I mean, we won't talk about that. I didn't write that down in your list, but <laughs> I think it's important as I'm listening to say, well, how did you, you met earlier at King's Kids in, in St. John, yeah. and then um, probably, well, tell us a little bit. I don't put too many months. So we actually met in Campbellton. There's okay. a, a team in 93 in Campbellton that we met. So next year will be 25 years that we ago that we met, which is crazy. 
Um, but there's, I think there's a really interesting story of how God is always doing things that we're not aware of. Like, he has timing in mind and purposes in mind that I'm, and I shouldn't always be surprised that this is the case, but I'm always surprised that this is the case. So, for example, had Jill never gone back to St. John, you know, we never would have gotten together because I was living in the UK. So just, you know, I kind of had contacted her kind of out of the blue. Had she been in Asia, it wouldn't have been possible. But I've come back to North America quite frequently for business, so I was able to kind of come up and visit. And, you know, so God probably had something in mind there. And, you know, I didn't, you know, we then chose to kind of live in St. John and not her move to the UK, which could have been a possibility. But then I never would have gotten hooked into doing courses in New Brunswick or the ABC. So there's kind of this, this bigger kind of thing that God seems to be kind of constantly doing. And even as, um, so we've always kind of been in contact kind of very randomly over the past 25 years, more frequently recently. <laughs> Encounter each other in a really random places in our lives. Uh, so, for example, when Jill was in, uh, well, when I first moved to the UK, she came over to visit her sister who was studying there. So we just kind of hung out. We would just kind of hang out and kind of chat, and it was, we've always just been very good friends. Uh, and then she was in China. I went to China with a friend of mine. We were just kind of traveling around. So we just met up and kind of hung out. Really, just, you know, why not? Uh, then, <laughs> he says it was coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> I said, where are you now? When she went to Eastern, that's in Pennsylvania, which our head office is in Pennsylvania, so about 20 minutes from Eastern. So I'd kind of go, and that's probably where we really reconnected. So again, there's there's things that you know, there's things that you kind of say, well, okay, yeah, they could all just be coincidences, of course, right? But you know, obviously, we believe that God has a greater narrative in place. Uh, and so then, yeah, it's kind of has brought us to, to here, brought us together, and then brought us kind of here together. So, yeah. um, what about just before you came here, Jill? Tell us a little bit about what you were doing in St. John. Because mm -hmm. I think this morning I watched a video that I made make reference to that. It was on your Facebook site. And, but tell us a little bit about being called back to St. John. You were involved there in some ministry. Right. So uh, when I received that invitation... From, from the Lord in, in Cambodia. I had no idea what that lived out would look like in St. John. And uh, was almost fearful to think about it because I just did not see any possible way that God could use me effectively in St. John and at the same time um, appeal to the deepest desires of my heart. Like, so I struggled with that. Like, how? Like, God, you know me. Like, you know. Oh, I don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, we have these conversations. Like, this is, what I, this is what I would love to be doing. You know, I can see it in my mind. And the thought of going to St. John, I just at that time was not aware of God doing anything like that uh, in the community. So, uh, out of obedience, I came back. And, and I did feel like it was invitational. I, I need to say that, because it wasn't like, you need to go back to St. John. It was like, if you do this, I promise you, there's goodness there. Like, mm -hmm. So I invite you to accept. Um, so I did it. And uh, of course, then like went into the depths of despair, thinking, oh my goodness, I'm unemployed. My friends were right. I never should have gone back to school. I had this good job. And so... Yeah, I, had, I went through a grieving process for sure and uh, probably a bit of depression. 
um, just struggling with knowing my place. And that, you know, that intersection between role and soul, you know, <laughs> where is it? Um, so I spent uh, a couple of months, actually, when I first got back, uh, working at the Coverdale Center for Women, which is a, um, a, ha a house for, for women who um, are homeless to come and um, receive care and just a, a shelter over their head. And I thought, okay, well, that's going to be the direction I go in, working with these women. And uh, then an opportunity opened up at the St. John YMCA. And this is a very long story, but in a nutshell, I, there was a job that opened up at um, a place called Settlement Services, which is a department within the YMCA. And it's, um, it's a, a collection of federal government contracts to help newcomers to Canada, new immigrants and refugees to Canada, settle into the community. So, you know, a very, very important work and kingdom work, right? Welcoming the foreigner, the stranger in our community. So immediately it resonated with, with my spirit, you know, knowing that that's, God's about that um, hospitality and welcoming. So I applied for this job. Uh, it was the director of settlement services, and uh, that was uh, in 2011 and I uh, did not think I would get it, but there was a team of people who had been praying in the community that, that, um, that God would send a person who could take that, to, who could carry that mantle spe uh, specifically because the work had not been done well in the city. There was a, a long history of newcomers coming and then leaving because they had not received the services and the welcome that they needed. So. Um, so God opened the door for me to take on that role, and um, I was just completely in over my head. I had never managed. There was a staff of 16 when I started and had no management experience, and so I, I felt most days that I was sinking, you know, and there were huge problems with, with the staff infighting. Um, yeah, it was just nasty. It was really hard. So... Um, but, but I felt to stay in it, to not quit. And so I did stay in it and uh, had a team of people who were praying. And uh, my, my prayer was, God, please send people. Send the right people to this team. We need to build this team. And again, like St. John, New Brunswick, where are, like, where are people who have lived internationally and who have the ability to work cross-culturally and you know, all those skill sets that are required to work cross-culturally? And God was faithful and started to send people. And you know, by the time I left, and it was not, not me, like, you know, it was not me. It was just God working um, in, a, in a secular context. You know, it's the YMCA, but the, essentially uh, in Canada, the, the YMCA is a secular organization now. Um, and, and so God would be sending people who um, were more than qualified to work there. And the salaries were horrible, but you know, these people were taking on the, these jobs um, to welcome newcomers. Uh, and at one point, earlier on, I was accused of hiring too many Christians, which in a secular organization, you do not want to be accused of, mm. of playing favorites. Uh, and uh, I remember talking to, the, um, to my, my boss, our, our CEO, and just saying, like, I, I'm not doing this intentionally. It's not like I'm asking people in the interviews, you know, are you Christian? You can't do that, right? 
Um, but uh, you know, people who just happened to be Christians were coming into into that world, and it was shifting the atmosphere. Things were starting to change, you know. And so we we were building the team, building the team, and you know, I I find out later that you know someone had come on board and they were Christian. I'd be like, no. <laughs> incredibly qualified and who happen to be followers of Christ. And, uh, and and that other people would interview them. Like it wouldn't be just Jill yeah. who's interviewing. It'd be that, oh, we happen to hire this person and they end up being Christians. Well, yeah, I can't remember. So just... So guys, we've got about maybe oh. two minutes. Yeah. This is so... So we may need, may need to do part two. Uh, really. Um, but you said something in our class before we came down this morning. You said in four months... How many did you deal with? You said in terms of percentage. Yeah, we so during the, we were part of the Syrian refugee response, twenty five thousand plus um, right. Syrian refugees to Canada. So we were we received uh, four hundred, which meant we were doing about eight hundred percent the amount of work uh, that we would typically do in any given year within four months. Uh, yeah. And it's a very powerful video. Now it's on your web, it's on your Facebook, but it's probably how, we'll learn more about how we can access that. The last thing I, I, I want—I know there's so much more, but I just—can you take even if you took a minute, Josh, and just tell us what are you doing here? <laughs> really, what's your sense of call? You started taking courses in New Brunswick. Why are you here? Do you think? Do you think? What's the Lord have in mind? Well, that's a great question. Yes, and he tells me, I'll let you know. No, um, it all started just because, you know, God happened to have ADC schedule and interpreting the Old Testament course walking distance from our house in St. John. And I was kind of, you know, kind of bored and kind of, you know, I kind of like to read and ponder and that type of thing. And Jill just said, hey, well, yeah, let's just do a course. And then that just kind of like opened up the world of the Old Testament. I mean, you guys have been in Glenn's classes and just like blows open the Old Testament. And I was just like hooked on it. And I was like really, really interested. And so it really started as a, uh, there wasn't kind of a, there's not been a clear kind of vocational drive behind it. It's just that there's a, a desire there that God is creating the space for me to, to indulge and enjoy. And I know that this is the place where God wants me to be. And kind of eventually then it just happened to be the right timing for Jill's job and for my job for us to kind of up sticks and quit and move and uh, then just go full time. Um, and I know that this is where God wants me to be. I don't know why he wants me to be here. Uh, I don't think it's kind of a vocational thing. I don't feel necessarily called to formal ministry. I feel called to, I, like I enjoy teaching, I enjoy thinking and conveying information, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I, I really don't know. I don't know kind of what God is up to, but I know the one thing that keeps being reinforced is that he's up to something. Yeah. And he's up to something I good. think most of us in the room will probably go, yes, we understand. I'm sorry to have to call it because of time, but this has been very rich. And all I can say to you is we're really glad that you're here. And thank you for sharing your testimony. I think probably, knowing some of you in the room, I think probably what they've said this morning probably resonates with a lot of your own sense of call and just your own sense of being obedient to the invitation. And I love that. It's an invitation. And I like what you said too about to indulge because this is a sense, it's a, 
very special time for you to have carved out this time to be here. And uh, it's great. So we can thank them, can't we not? And I wonder if a fellow Grand Bayer, Andrew, would you say, would you lead us in prayer for Josh and Joe? Just take a moment and sure. just pray for them. Andrew's home base is St. John and Grand Bay. So there we are. All right. Okay. Heavenly right. so, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather as your people and worship. And, and thank you for this testimony that we've heard about from Josh and Jill and for the way that you're working in their life and the way you've brought them together and the way that you're going to continue to unfold your plan for them. So God, we just pray a blessing upon them. Just just be with them, Lord, be with them as they finish up this semester. Give Josh everything he needs to uh, accomplish this MA. And be with Josh as, uh, as Jill, so as she kind of settles in here and as she figures out what you want her to do as, as uh, you know, as a resident of Wolfville, Lord. And so we just pray your hand upon them. That you just continue to guide them and lead them. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.